Half a mile and a bit of plate, dear. Half a mile coming up. I love it. Same, same, same again, beautiful. Have one for yourself. Bit noisy in here today. The same every day, sir. Those two come in on the dot of 11.30 when we open, and by midday, they're in that state. There's an excerpt from High Noon. Another in our series, a film worth remembering, which is more than can be said for the next half hour. <laughs> However, for the more tolerant listener, here is a sort of radio show which is beyond our ken. Among those taking part are Marion Haste, <laughs> the Staffordshire Pottery's Chamber Music Ensemble, <laughs> Lady Ida Inspiration. She'll give you ideas. <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Kenneth Hall. Debonair, suave, charming, talented, and distinguished. These are just a few of the things that have been said about him. And here's the man who said them, ladies and gentlemen, Kenneth Hall. Hello, and welcome to Beyond Our Ken, the show that's prompting millions of listeners to switch over. <laughs> Not to from. Well, now, let's, um, when you've uh, digested that, let's see what's... <laughs> See what's been happening since we last met. Oh, yes, on Monday I read an article about the ill effects of smoking, and it worried me so much it made me start smoking. <laughs> Mind you, it's easy to give it up if you've got willpower. A friend of mine had a very simple method. Every time he felt like a cigarette, he popped a boiled sweet into his mouth. Marvellous. Doesn't smoke anymore, but he's become a chain sucker. <laughs> on Tuesday, Castalia von Eggfort came to see me. <laughs> Castalia von Eggflotz. He's a foreigner. <laughs> Married an English girl called Frieda Stobbs. Uh, last July, I think it was, in a little church near the Latvian border at a place called Mingenloft. <laughs> Clergyman's name was the Reverend Angus St. Croix from the Pianto district of Sark. <laughs> and they had a woman's choir there, all dressed in robes made of balsa wood. <laughs> I just thought I'd let you know, that's all. <laughs> On Wednesday, I was shown over a flock of bats. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> sorry, I'll repeat that. On Tuesday, Castalia von Eggfortz came to see me. He's a foreigner, married an English girl. Oh, get on with it, Angus. <laughs> like that. All right. It will let me before. All right. Castalia von Eggfortz. <laughs> <laughs> On Friday, I went into my local electrician to complain. I said to him, now, look here, you promised to come round yesterday to mend my doorbell. What happened? And he said, I did come round. I rang twice but got no reply. <laughs> Which brings us once more to our Hornorama feature. Topic 
of our time in which we take a closer look at people and events in the news. In one of London's most famous wine cellars, they've been holding a wine-tasting festival. And here with us is one of the experts who attended. Welcome, sir. Ah, thank you. Delighted to be here. I hope I'll be all right, only I... (laughs) (laughs) Only I've had one or two. (laughs) Yes. You have to taste. Yes, yes, I know, sir. Yes? Oh, Keep on offering them. Yes. Well, now, would you call yourself a connoisseur? I would if I could pronounce it. (laughs) I wonder, sir, if you'd taste a a wine for us now. Well, as I say, I have been at it all day. And all right, though, if you insist. Right, right, here we are, then, coming up right now. Now, then, I want you to see if you can identify this. Right. All right? Yes, right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's Chateau Neuf de Stoke Poges. That's quite, quite correct. Now, how old would you say it was? Uh, Thirty-five years. How old? Thirty-five years. What about yes. trying another? Oh, no, thank you. I've had quite enough. I, I, I think I'd better be running along. Oh, sir, sir. <laughs> just, just before you go... No, could... I can't wait. <laughs> A recent report by the Forestry Commission expressed concern about the possible shortages of wood in the near future. Well, I suppose we're inclined to forget those who toil ceaselessly in the great forests. Those burly, broad-shouldered giants. <laughs> the lumberjacks. Hello, Rodney. Hello, Charles. <laughs> well, it's my turn to shout timber. No, it's not. It's mine. But you shouted timber last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whose axe is it? Mm. <laughs> All right. Honestly, we always seem to be at loggerheads. But it's... <laughs> you, Rodican. Case of blow, you lumberjack. I'm all right. Well, I'm sorry, Butch. It's the work. Well, thank you. It's the work. It's the work that's getting me down. It keeps piling up. You know I dare. So I just can't see the wood for the tree. (laughs) Oh, no, you mustn't dare to get you down, Roberts. Be a stout cellar. Cellar? (laughs) Come on, we'd better fell this next tree. I'll tell you what. (laughs) No. Tell you what, I'll let you shout Tim. Oh! <laughs> oh, thanks a million, Charles. Here goes, then. Mm-hmm. Timber! Look out, Charles! Charles! Ah! Charles! Charles, where are you? Are you, are you all right? Yes, I'm here, Robert. i tell you one thing. What's that? I've been well and truly lumbered. <laughs> Brings us to our panel of experts who are waiting to discuss this week's searching question. Top of the table, the man to whom a funny thing happened, Hanky Flower. Yes, oh, you say that again, eh? No, no, very nasty it was too. No, you see, I was on the way here as usual, you see, on the way here as usual. I just got off a bike and this car, no, this car, you see, came, came whizzing along, you know. No, it did, you see. No, here. 
Yes, nearly knocked me flying. Oh, no, only just missed me, you know. And the driver didn't stop. Oh, did you get his number? No, but I'd know that laugh anywhere. <laughs> All right, now, next our... Next, our pop star who has set off a new wave of livid mania, Ricky Livid. Hello, now. Uh, happy to tell you I've just recorded a follow-up number to I Want to Hold Your Hand. What's it called? You Want to Hold Your Nose. <laughs> and I'm sure it'll sell to high heaven. All right, sir. Once again, we meet the lady with the overloaded pantry, Fanny Haddon. Hello again, my darlings. And I found yet another thing to do with fish. <laughs> I got these gorgeous bits of fish, smothered them in a sort of pancake batter, poured whiskey over them, and set them alight. And the result was delicious. I call them crepe soles. <laughs> and finally, our rustic philosopher, Arthur Fallowfield. Well, I don't mind telling you, I'm very lucky to be here this week. I am. Um, the other day, I was trotting round the farm on my prize horse, Sir Galarad, when, when suddenly he shied and threw me off, and I landed right on me mango whistles. Yes, thank you very much, Arthur. <laughs> oh, now. That's our panel of experts, and this week's searching question from a listener is, would the team rather have lived in the olden days... Or the present time. Hanky Flower. Ah, oh, well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. No, I mean, you can't beat the elegance and charm of yesteryear. No, I mean, when the ladies wore crinolines and frills and furbelows. Most of them furbelow where they should be. <laughs> <laughs> and... And what do you think, Ricky Livid? Uh, yeah, well... <clears throat> I think I'll go for the modern days. I mean, you, you look at all the wonderful things we got now, what I didn't have then. Cars, electricity, television, me. <laughs> and what about all them songs they had? Come into the garden mood. And somewhere my love lies sleeping. I mean, you, you, you couldn't do the shake to that, could you? <laughs> and what about the gear the birds used to wear in them days? Well, I mean, you didn't know what you was getting. <laughs> yeah, all them bustles. No, I didn't like the backing. Now, Fanny Haddock, what's your opinion? Oh, oh, my darling, give me the old days every time. Well, you should remember them anyway. <laughs> would you mind? Would you let me continue, dear Kenneth? I mean, food was really food then. A great big bore. Uh, mind you, I got... Mind you, I've got one of those at home now. A brace of pheasants... <laughs> Game pie, haunch of venison, sucking pig, roast goose, plum pudding, and good English ale. You couldn't have a finer breakfast. <laughs> and with meals like that, you could have any number of courses. I'm sure to think you'd have had to let them out. Courses, not courses. <laughs> all right now, all right now, Fallowfield. Well, Fallowfield. as a matter of fact, no, seriously, I do agree with Fanny. I mean, give me the good old lusty, rum days. Look at Henry the I mean, he had the right idea. Always chopping and changing he was. <laughs> and I make no bones about it. I'm looking for someone to love. 
I mean, you know, somewhere there must be someone right for me. I mean, I'm not bad looking. No. I mean, I'm clean around the house. I'm not frightened of hard work. I'm quite a good conversationalist. And, of course, when it comes yes, thank to... thank you very much. Well, that's all for now, and here's one good reason for living in the present day, the Fraser Hayes Falls. We've got something to tell you, so please don't give it a miss. We're going to tell you what's on our mind, what we really want to say is this. It's a lovely day today, so whatever you've got to do, you got a lovely day to do it in that suit. And I hope whatever you've got to do is something that can be done by two. For I'd really like to say, it's a lovely day today, so whatever you've got to do, I'd be so happy to be doing it with you. drama of the week, and this week we bring you a true story more fantastic than any science fiction. A story so horrific that if any children are listening, we suggest they send their parents out of the room. <laughs> Here then is the terrifying story of... <laughs> the Horrible Thing on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> to tell you is pretty ghastly. My name, by the way, is Sir Hector Garstairs Thunkerton. That's pretty ghastly for a start. The story began one day last summer when an urgent telephone call was put through to Whitehall. It was Saturday. However, on Monday morning, a picture postcard was received from the Isle of Wight. It said... Savage sea monster threatening island. Wish you was here. <laughs> it was signed, Proudfoot Public Relations Officer. 
Immediately, the defensive forces swung into action. The Admiralty said... Nothing to do with us, old boy. The War Office said... Sorry, it's not our pigeon. And the Home Office said... What a disgusting picture of his car. <laughs> Eventually, it was decided that the sea monster came within my province. I'm Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries, scientific advisor. And I'm Sir Hector's assistant, Muriel Cartwright. Sir Hector is an eminent authority on fish and is author of such books as... The Hake's Progress, A Place in the Sun, and The Prawn Came Up Like Thunder. Good old Muriel. Whenever there was an important assignment, we went together. And so the two of us packed our bags and headed for the Isle of Wight. Sir Hector, thank heavens you arrived. I'm Mervyn Proudfoot, P-R-O. All right, you don't know how to spell it. <laughs> this is my assistant, Muriel Cartwright. How do you do? How do you do? <laughs> Sir Hector, was this wise to bring a woman? That's my business. Now, um, who's this other chap? Uh, I'm Inspector Townsend, if I can be of any assistance. Good, now let's get down to the facts about this strange monster. Yes, tell me, what's this thing like? Well, it's just one of those things. We have got the chap outside who actually saw it. Quite hideous and horrible, I suppose. Yes, he is rather snug. Get him in. Potter! Potter! Come in, will you? Oh, it was horrible! 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 I've seen it with my own eyes. All scaly and horrible, with six heads and 32 eyes. Great horrible fangs. Slimy, groping tentacles. A dirty, great spit-attacking. And fire was coming steaming out of his nostrils. Yes. Would you notice anything unusual about it? I was floating along on me rubber tire. When it rose up out the sea, rose up out the sea, I tell you, like some prehistoric monster. It gave me a, give me a nasty turn. For a moment, I thought it was the wife. I... I swam for the shore and then it followed. Oh, it's terrible. To think that horrible thing is at large on the island. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? No, no, don't panic, Mr. Potter. We've got the matter in hand. Just you return quietly to your digs and have tea. No, no, no. Don't, don't ask me to do that. Not today. I can't, I can't. Why ever not? It's kippers for tea today. Oh, come along. There's a good chap. You'll be all right. <sighs> I must say. Now, Mr. Proudfoot, have you any idea where the thing might be? Yes, it's down the corridor, second door. Oh. <laughs> oh. What? Yes, I, I see what you mean. Well, yes. Well, the last report we had, it was seen heading for the end of the promenade. What? Then it must be making for the pier. You don't think uh, that... No, don't worry, sir. It won't get on the pier. No animals allowed. <laughs> well, wherever it is, we must act quickly. Sir Hector, what's the time? Four o'clock. Oh, tea time. Oh, <laughs> really, Muriel, this is no time for tea. All right, now, Inspector, we'd better get busy. Muriel, I shan't need you. Oh, well, perhaps Miss Cartwright would care to join me for afternoon tea. How about the uh, palm court? Yes, that'd be nice. <laughs> Thank you.
Mr. Proudfoot. <laughs> Thank you, yes. A pretty fascinating job you must have. I enjoy it. <laughs> you know, I must tell you about the beast from Virginia water. Oh, dear. It was sickening. The green, hairy, two-headed thing. Mm. It was made of some strange, gray, greasy vegetable matter. Mm. I say you're not eating your tea cake. <laughs> Actually, I'm full up. I think I had too many crumpets. <laughs> My dear, you don't know what you're missing. These tea cakes are delicious. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> These tea cakes are delicious. Yes, you seem to be enjoying them. <laughs> what was that? Ah! Look, look there, peering through the palms. It's the monster. What? Miss Cartwright, whatever shall we do? Now, we should like to play for you a selection from Salad Day. <laughs> Good heavens, it's run away. I'm not surprised. Anyway, come on, we must tell Sir Hector. Right. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, this is Sir Hector. What's that? Oh, sorry, it's out of the question. I, I don't care which film company you are. You can't have this monster. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm sorry about that, Inspector, you were saying? Uh, well, sir, our chaps are doing what they can. We very nearly managed to get him when he sat down outside the town hall, but unfortunately it is an official parking area. <laughs> well, I think it's time... Sir Hector! Sir Hector, i just seen it. It's pretty ghastly. Proudfoot, uh, would you care to explain? The monster, sir, which we just seen it. How to think that hideous creature should have come to the beautiful Isle of Wight. Sir Hector, isn't it time something was actually done to destroy this creature? Good heavens, Inspector, I'm doing all I can. Normal weapons are useless. In cases like this, we have to try and find some vegetable substance to which the creature is allergic. Now, wait a minute. Yes. I think I've got it. What do you associate with dead fish? Chips? <laughs> Precisely. Of course. Why didn't we think of it before? A chip gun. <gasps> <laughs> We designed and built our chip gun overnight and assembled on the beach at 0800 hours next morning. Everything's ready, Sir Hector. Good. Now, Inspector, did you bring the ammunition? Uh, yes, sir. I got six pennyworth of chips. <laughs> With vinegar, of course. <laughs> Good. Well, all we can do... In... Look. What's that over there? Behind the deck chairs. That's the monster. We must be sure. Yes. Yes, it is the monster. Oh, it's hideous. Oh, you filthy monster, you. No, don't be like that. Look at that slimy black tail. Oh, don't you like it? That's <laughs> very mean, really, I think. You evil creature. Where on earth do you come from? Wolfhamstone. <laughs> Here, I'll tell you. Do you think... Uh... No, no, no. Keep away. 
Huh? No, stop messing about. Ian, what kind of funny thing you've got there? It's a police inspector. No, I mean that thing. It's a chip gun, and if you take one more step, we'll open fire. You can't scare me. All right, inspector, stand by. Put the chip belts into the gun. No. Now, stay where you are, monster. I shall breathe all over you. <laughs> Look at the smoke coming out my nostrils. That's a good trick, isn't it? <laughs> What do you think of my groping tentacles? They're revolting. Yeah, but they're so useful. You see me getting a pickled onion out of a jar. For the last time, stay away. I should as I like. Here I come. All right, Inspector. Fire! Oh, oh you got me. Well done, sir. He's had his chips. Come along, Sir Hector. We'd better be getting back. No, no, don't go yet, sir. There's more trouble heading this way. What is it now? Look there. Look there. Four strange, unearthly creatures covered in air. Look out. Here they come. So until next week, this is Kenneth Horn saying goodbye for now and leaving you with this thought from a listener in Tring, Hertfordshire. If a cat had eight kittens, would they be octopuses? <laughs> you have either been listening to or have just missed Beyond Our Ken, a sort of recorded radio show, in which you heard Kenneth Horn. Not to mention Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, Bill Pertwee, the Fraser Hayes Four, and the BBC Variety Orchestra conducted by Paul Fennelly. Eric Meniman wrote the script. Your announcer was Douglas Smith, and the show was produced by John Simmons. <laughs>